You, go. Favorite movies? Did I stutter? Uh, Animal House, for sure. Um, Eyes on me, Harrington. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars? A New Hope. A uh, New what now? Which Star Wars? One with the teddy bears, duh. No? Uh, oh, the one that, that just came out, the movie that just came out. The one with the DeLorean and Alex P. Keaton and he's trying to bang his mom. <laughs> the time. Yeah, those are my top three, classics. You start Monday, you start never. Welcome to Turbo Psychics Online. I'm Kelsey. I'm Josh. And I'm Sam. Guys, this is a very special episode. Today we are going to review Stranger Things 3, Season 3. So obviously a lot of spoilers ahead. I'm super excited to talk about it. So excited, in fact, I thought that we would bring a special guest on this week. Ross Page, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, Ross. Hey, Ross. (laughs) So... Ross, yeah, we might have to have him on for a uh, watch of shame some sometime in the future. He is a um, kind of a normie in, in the geek world, I guess. He he doesn't have our our story background, but uh, I do uh, respect <laughs> his opinion on Stranger Things. <laughs> I'm doing this new thing where well, I like to have a guest on and then just shit all over him immediately. Yeah, like that's <laughs> just immediately drag oh, yeah. him. Dude, what if towel. Ross just like. Pulls his headphones off and throws them against the wall and just walks out. He's done. <laughs> yeah, try doing your podcast without me now. <laughs> Anywho, okay, so yeah, the uh, we are a couple weeks behind in terms of uh, Stranger Things. I think it aired on July 4th, right? So what are we... Actually, gosh, we're like almost 20 days behind. So everybody's had plenty of time to watch this season now, so... Um, I think it's still somewhat relevant too, and I haven't really got the chance to like really deep dive into this uh, the season with you guys. But the other huge thing that's uh, happened this weekend is Comic Con, so um, I think we wanted to, to spend most majority of this uh, episode on Stranger Things because that's going to eat up all of our time. But uh, Josh, did you want to talk a little bit about some of the things that like you're just foaming at the mouth for? Or Ross, Ross, what are, what are you super excited about from from Comic Con this weekend? Uh, you know, I'm super excited about uh, uh, the Disney shows. Well, there uh, was a lot of news on that. Front, yeah, all, all the Disney shows. They're uh, they're doing live action Pixar shows. What? Did you, did yeah, you guys hear about that? How does that? No. How does that even work? Like how they're doing all the new Disney shows? They're doing the Pixar ones too. Or at least I, I hope. I don't know. Maybe I watched a different Comic Con than you. Oh, I unfortunately haven't really had a chance to dive into it, so all the news you guys give me is all the news I've heard. <laughs> nice. But in all seriousness, Josh, what are you what are you hyped about? I've only seen a few things, so I'm I'm looking for you to feed me here. Like a little bird baby. Mm, yeah, I we're am. not gonna do that. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just choking on some nice cold Zevia. Um, yeah so just the Marvel stuff that's been coming out they did their big presentation last night and there have been you know some a steady flow of news if you will about the upcoming phase four slate Um, yeah 
they're doing they're talking about Black Widow, uh, Eternals, the awesome Disney Plus shows that Ross just brought up, and um, they've named a new Blade. Um, had some rumors about uh, the next blade. Thor movie. They briefly mentioned Fantastic Four and a little bit about X Men. So it's a it's oh, a good man. amount in there for that's everyone. A bit, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's well, they I did expected. say that they expected Fantastic Four and X Men to be a part of it, but there's no like it's barely in development kind of thing. Um, so yeah, there wasn't a ton space. of details. They did cast Mahershala Ali as Blade, which I think is cool. I don't know who that is. <laughs> you do actually. He's a uh, he's I'm an sure awesome I actor. Do. He was in Luke Cage. He was the main uh, antagonist for like the first five episodes. That oh, guy. Uh, sweet. All right. Cool. Also in uh, House of Cards. Who's he in, House of, who's he in House of Cards? He was, what was his name? He had a really funny name in that. Um, he is like Frank. He used to be like Frank Underwood's like right hand man. Uh, oh, the bald dude. Yeah, uh, but not. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like the bald skinny guy that killed everyone, right? <laughs> no, it's oh, spoilers. Spoilers. This is a. They are not casting a white man as Blade. <laughs> and for this, probably a good decision in uh in any climate, really. <laughs> Um, I'll I'll show them to you later. Um, you're gonna be oh you're like you're gonna recognize them immediately. I'm trying to think if there's any if there's, he was any uh, any other recognizable uh, roles. He was in uh, Alita Battle Angel, which I'm sure you watched on opening night, right? Yeah, yeah, I was there. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Actually, I don't think any of us have seen it yet. But I do now that it's out on Blu-ray, digital, whatever. I do kind of want to watch it. It looks like a fun time, like a fun rental. Yep. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, so uh, I think in our next uh, podcast, we will do like a deep dive uh, into all this Comic-Con news. It does feel like a pretty, in terms of like uh, information, one of the more information heavy announcement type uh, Comic-Cons, more so than last year. Because like I think last year and maybe the last couple of years, we kind of knew everything that was coming. But this is like, this is a lot of big stuff, especially like the, the Thor movie. A lot of people don't even know if they're going to do anymore, if Chris Hensworth is going to come back. Um, so that, that's, that's a huge thing. So, um, and I'm sure we'll learn even more by the time we record again. So I'm excited about that. We'll talk uh, a ton about that next episode. Yeah, with that laundry list, like we have a lot to unpack there. Yeah, definitely a lot to unpack. But uh, speaking of unpacking, Let's get right into it. Let's talk about Stranger Things Season 3. And before we say one more word, this podcast, this review brought to you by Zevia. Not only Zevia this week, it's uh, Ginger Root Beer uh, is powering this Stranger Things review. Three out of the four <laughs> of our podcast members here have a Zevia and Sam. Dude, even our special guest has a Zevia. Why don't you have a Zevia in your hand, dude? Like, yeah, the one in five dentists. Like, who, who's that fifth guy? I'm that fifth guy. <laughs> I'll get around to it. We, we probably should have saved opening our Zevias for that announcement so we could have, like, popped one. Yeah, that yeah. would have been way yeah. better. Wait, I, you know, I just don't want to play that out. I feel like I've did that a couple of times on the podcast now. The first time it got this huge pop from the guys over here. They just lost their minds. The second time it happened, they barely even reacted. Yeah. So well, by the third or fourth time, they're just going to get annoyed by it. I don't know. So I'm trying Maybe to like, by the third or fourth time, they're just going to be sad. Like you just, <laughs> just stood them up for a date. <laughs> 
But anywho, all right, guys. Uh, well, let's just start by talking about maybe um, the general breakdown of the plot and events of of this season. Uh, we don't have to go f- go through it beat by beat, but I guess let's kind of just generally talk about uh, what happens here, uh, essentially. Um, so <laughs> it was funny. I was getting my head back into the space of season three uh, before we recorded today, and I was like, you know what? I'll just like play season three while we are uh, or while I'm, while I'm doing this and. It's so funny how it the 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 season really just starts with hardcore makeout session, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, after the Russian setup, <laughs> it's just straight into the makeout sesh. Yeah, uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, uh, that seems to be a lot of the feedback I I I hear from people is just it's too much making out. <laughs> Ross, where are you well, on the makeout you know, meter? I mean, everyone's growing up. Makeout meter was definitely high, <laughs> but everyone's growing up, and I think that they're, you know, there's some, there's there's raging hormones as well as raging uh, supernatural uh, mind flaying. So I think that, like, you know, there's 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 a couple wars going on in this season. Yeah, for sure. Lots um, of slime. Lots of slime for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think season or the uh, the first episode sets it up really well. Uh, Dustin comes back from camp. There's a new mall. Um, Hopper is pining over uh, Joyce Byers really bad. So we're kind of catching up with with uh, where everybody's at. Um, but yeah, we're really getting into 1985 and the whole new mall mentality and how it's kind of like taking over everything. Just really uses a central plot plot point for this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is definitely the center point of everything. Do you guys remember if they foreshadowed the mall at all, like in season two or anything? Or I don't this, think they did. Yeah, did I don't m- at all. So this mall just kind of like popped up within a year? Uh, was, well, I feel like there's maybe a little bit of a time jump, but... Yeah, yeah, if we're if we're picking plot holes already, maybe there's one a little bit of one. I I, I do I do want to go back because do I you, do you realize how big that underground bunker was though that was built beneath yeah. them all? Yeah, that was insanity. Yeah. I mean, then you had an entire Russian army to, to help build this. The mall was the least there were. <laughs> Did somebody say we wanted to go back already? Did somebody say something? Say that? Who said that? Am I, am I uh, nope. You don't okay, know what sorry. you're talking about. I'm hearing things. <laughs> oh, I was saying that I want to go back and rewatch Stranger oh, Things oh, yeah. to see. I love catching all of those like foreshadowing elements, you know. Yeah, I'd like to try and find some if they exist. Well, even know. even just watching the first couple of episodes today of this season, it like made things so much more clear to me plot wise that were a little bit fuzzy, and we can get into that, but. Yeah, like re- this show is really good for rewatching. I guess is my point there. <laughs> um, but yeah, episode one, two, we get introduced to uh, to Billy as well, man. Billy, probably my favorite character of the season. Um, it seemed like kind of like Billy and Max were kind of just thrown into the mix, kind of like uh, oddly, I guess. Last season they didn't have terribly too much to do, but Billy really paid off. Both of them uh, paid off really big in this season. I thought it was really awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, that guy. Uh, I I tried to look up how to pronounce his name. Decker, I think, uh, the actor's name, Decker Montgomery. He did a really good job. He's also he's a, he plays the Red Power Ranger uh, in like the Power Rangers reboot. Something that I read on Wikipedia while I was looking up his name. 
That is and he's yeah. Australian. See him playing that. He's an Aussie. <laughs> it's pretty cool. He does a, a good Californian via or back to uh, Indiana accent. Yeah. Just yeah. pissed off metal listening American. Yeah. <laughs> um I I love just the introduction of him being this lifeguard and like all the uh the moms are just all over Billy every time he comes out to, for the shift change. <laughs> um, so much so that it was, uh, what's the Wheeler, uh, Karen Wheeler. Uh, he's like, nice, nice new suit, Karen. <laughs> I thought that it was going to take a, a, a way wide turn than it actually did after that happened. Yeah, for sure. I was like, all right, what are they trying to do? <laughs> in this with, with Stranger Things three, <laughs> well, I love that. I love that she almost goes through with it, and that was like the whole reason that he was like driving that night was to go meet her. And if that like yeah. interaction would have never went down, he would have never been flayed. Probably, yeah. it's kind of cool if you think about the whole domino effect. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, we yeah that's uh, that's where we first get introduced to the first little elements of the mind flayers when he gets when he takes Billy down to the basement and does things to him uh, <laughs> that we, we don't get to see yet. But you feel bad for him immediately. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, around uh, that's when he goes missing for a little bit. Uh, shows back up and like um, he starts being a lifeguard again. He's got the full sweatshirt on. He can't really stand the sun or anything and he's like constantly drinking water and he's become like the dark version of himself um but that's when the gang and everybody can say like kind of starts to to notice that something's up and um i'm kind of flying through these like uh plot points pretty quickly here just so we can kind of like get through what happened and then we can kind of go over like our favorite parts here but um uh i love the uh the sauna test so when they when they think that billy's been flayed they have to trap him into uh trap him inside the sauna to see if uh he reacts like kind of like will did whenever they did like the heat test on him mm-hmm. um also will now has that <laughs> that's his only superpower compared to 11's is really weak uh He's he just here. gets good <laughs> yeah, he, he, he does yeah he does that exact same motion like 18 times but season. he does take a, a while to tell everyone you know, it's like he's like yeah. feeling his neck, like looking around, oh. like, like is there is there a dra- let's go through the options? Like, is there a draft in the room? Did someone leave? Did someone turn the AC on? I'm getting goosebumps. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> also, Ross, we kind of uh, we joked about this a little bit of our already, but uh, it was kind of a sad moment whenever um, all his other two buddies are kind of growing up and they're more concerned about girls and like all he wants to do is play D and D. Yeah. And it, it really <laughs> just struck me right in the heart whenever, uh, Mike's basically like, what do you think we're going to do? Just stay in my basement and play D and D forever. And Will's like, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate letdown. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, I, yeah, I, I told Ross too, I identified that a lot. Cause that's, pretty much 31 year old me whenever somebody has a, a baby and gets married and i'm just like what did you think we're gonna do play call of duty forever online yeah i, I guess i did <laughs> uh anyway Wait, which what a way to like crush your friend that just went through this like horrific supernatural ordeal like a year ago 
It's mm-hmm. like, guys, can't we still hang out? And they're like, nah, we like girls better than you, dude. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Our makeout meter is kind of low. We got to get those levels up right now. <laughs> but I love that in the midst of all this stuff, like Max is weaving discontent between Eleven and Mike, which is pretty funny. Like, it's just the way it's all going down. Like, I found, I found that very hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are they... Uh they ended up eavesdropping uh or 11 does on both of them and he he what's he call them a different species or something yeah he does yeah which that made her real mad yeah um <laughs> go ahead josh no, no no i'm good but okay well uh let's see let's keep moving here a little bit um i guess man it's like now thinking about all the season it's kind of like hard to unpack everything here um well, yeah what, it's like it's like four different plots going on at the same yeah, time yeah because you've got these four different crews i think <laughs> uh joyce starts getting freaked out about her magnet she goes to see the high school science teacher she gets she stands up hopper there um i mean she starts to suspect that something's up in the town somebody's probably trying to open up this portal again uh so they head out to uh oh man you gosh they, they, yeah there was so much that happened there because they, they have to like uh, uh, beat up the mayor basically to get him to confess <laughs> over, uh, over uh, all of this, um, uh, all this, the shady happenings that he's been, all the shady deals that he's been doing, and that's and that's kind of cool. It's like that's where we start to get you know get fed that like these are linked together of like um, shady deals with the Russians and building of the mall and then you know the other crew is trying to decipher the russians because uh, dustin you know picks up their their radio from uh from from one one to another so uh that's what you, you kind of start putting all the pieces together that like these things are all connected because that's what i kept thinking too is like are they gonna have some kind of like plot spin where like the russians are the good guy here to like stop the mind flayer like what's happening here because it almost feels like you've got like two crazy uh, huge antagonists that are entirely different from each other, but it ended up working out really well, you know. Um, the did, then, oh, go ahead. Was it ever explained like why the Russians wanted to do this? Do we a know? little bit? I, I just oh. chalked it up to like that moon race type of mentality from the eighties of like they were. It was kind of just the Cold War thing of. If they if they if their spies saw the you know the U.S. was doing it, they want to do the same thing and harness that as yeah. a weapon before we do. Who can end humanity first? Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then like, that also backs up to that other plot point, which is we catch Steve, who's been kind of left to his own devices and is not going to college, and has kind of been disgraced in his family. Right. Yeah. So Steve's at Scoops Ahoy with Robin. Uh, this this brand new character. <laughs> Which, what a what a great name for oh, no. an ice cream store and, and to like give them those goofy outfits. I love that. <laughs> yeah, the branding of Scoops Ahoy was uh, really amazing. I didn't really do any research. I'm assuming that this place is not probably not a real mall place from the 80s. Do you might know. I've never heard of it. <laughs> Rossar is going to be our research guy. Uh, he's on it. He's on the data right now. But because you know they did mix in real real stores in there. Uh, you know, there's, of course, we've seen Radio Shack. Well, that, I don't think that was in the mall, but I did yeah. notice a couple. Then you know, J.C. Penney's was in there. Um, there's a couple of like Gap. real things. Yeah, Gap. What's that jazz size. 
Which so size. kind of so Jazzercise still go to, um, right? But, I said Jazzercise, of course, is what you still go to on Tuesday nights. Yep, yeah, Tuesdays. Right. Seven <laughs> seven thirty. Yeah. <laughs> so apparent apparently, uh, oh the train wreck. <laughs> Baskin Robbins recreated the Scoops Ahoy ice cream shop from Stranger Things as like so, a marketing thing. So wow. uh, yeah, Smart. I think it's. Uh, Definitely fictional, but yeah, sad. But you can go there. I mean, kind of. Thanks to Baskin <laughs> Robbins. What was this like a pop-up ice cream shop, like these pop-up theme bars or whatever? Where they yeah. just like made it look like it, like the Bob's Burger uh, Burger thing they did in New York City. Oh wow, that's way off topic. Those. Let's not <laughs> like, go. Did into they that. like wear real suits and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I think they just recreated like burgers that that they did on the show nice. like they put their own spin on it and they were crazy expensive but <laughs> of course wow. yeah why wouldn't it be <laughs> i did appreciate the uh the the uh, ship that they made they made out of the ice cream and the the waffle cones for dustin as soon as he got back you guys remember that it's like a big banana split with like sails and everything made out of waffle cones i guess maybe i was oh, the only one god what do they call that they, there was a name for that. He tried offering the Russian guy one of them. It was a good name, though. <laughs> yeah, that it was. I, lo- I loved uh, when uh, when Robin like saw Dustin come in. She's like, "How many? How many like children are you friends with?" <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, one other group that I think we haven't really talked about yet was Nancy Drew and uh, Jonathan Byers at the old newspaper place. John, Jonathan running the uh, the dark room and the photography, and Nancy doing the basically the uh, intern ish type of work. But man, how over the top was Gary Busey uh, in this role? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was almost uh, like oh, like it. It was almost like. Uh, nails on chalkboard at, at at certain points just because you saw it coming and like how mean he was but then it was also kind of hilarious at the same time i don't know yeah I mean, there's a lot of like really appreciative moments where it's just like it's so on the nose for like it's not trying to hide what it is and everything when it, they use all the 80s references and stuff like that and then you know Busey, of course um <laughs> so it was it, it wasn't too bad for me i like i didn't it didn't take away anything because it was it was more of an homage. Mm-hmm. I think though at this particular plot point because you're picking up them in the summer and they're getting presumably getting ready to go to college. Um, this was like the least interesting part of everything between the different groups and different storylines. It was just like Jonathan and and Nancy are working for the local newspaper, and that was you know about it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, it picked up a lot too, though. When they we got that first phone call from the old elderly lady um, to figure out like what's going on with these rats, you know how they got weaved into the story was was really kind of interesting because you know the mind flayer's out and like he's getting more powerful and like just like all these like small minded things are combining and dying and like forming into this thing. And it's kind of how they get kind of roped into it. And they're stealing all those like chemicals and fertilizer and stuff. What do we know? Why they were all like chugging 
bleach and chemicals and shit? I have a theory. But if, oh, some, if someone knows the, the actual answer. Oh, uh, if... yeah. Don't don't ask me about specifics. I, I'm, incur- I'm intrigued by this theory. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear your theory. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't think I have an answer to that. So I would love to so, hear it as well. Yeah. So you've got, you know, all these like really strong, you know, industrial grade chemicals. And they're really good at breaking down organic stuff. And so the Mind Flayer needed a way to have everyone like eventually you know what happens later in the season just kind of melt so that was my guess scientifically since i work in a lab day in and day out yeah regular walter white right there that was impressive (laughs) that makes that makes sense that's a good guess i think right because i don't remember that them explaining anything and i kept saying you know thinking like why they they never did why are they eating all these chemicals and then you have the the old lady i think in what's episode three she was like chowing down on the uh fertilizer or something like that oh, i love yeah. that scene so much that was so Ugh. gross uh, it was <laughs> like uh it was like one of the most unsettling uh scenes i think i've seen in all three of the seasons so far <laughs> oh yeah and it yeah. and that's what i love like that was just like the beginning of some pretty next level like gore that you know you didn't really have in in the first two seasons yeah yeah absolutely. that's that's what you kind of forget sometimes because like everybody loves the show it seems like but you gotta you gotta remember like this is a horror show at heart so that was a good reminder of what you what what strange thing is i think yeah for sure <laughs> um by the way it's the uss butterscotch for the uh <laughs> <Sunday>. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> USS Butterscotch. I had to look it up. I can't. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> yeah, when they were all Luffy down there, with those Russians, and he was like, he brought that up. Man, I lost it. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the balls on these kids though to like investigate uh, what these Russians are doing. Man, pretty pretty aggressive on their part. Once they finally crack the code, and and I, yeah, and I feel like if this were to happen today. No one would care because kids would be on their phones, you know, playing video games, whatever else. Like, these kids are bored as hell, and they're just like, oh, let's go see if the Russians have invaded our tiny town. Cool. Yeah, their imaginations, like, get carried away, with, but they end up being right. <laughs> yeah. It's just the ultimate payoff. I love how she, Robin, just, like, cracks this code, this, like, yeah like how the hell <laughs> and then and then goes down there and like ad libs being Russian like it being the silver cat and then when they get caught she like spits in that dude's face Robin was so badass what a <laughs> yeah, great character that's um, another thing I love about it is that, like it feeds into those tropes but it's what we signed up for right <laughs> yeah. yeah I know it's jumping a little bit ahead too but uh also, I, you know, I love when uh, when Dustin is escaping and uh, he's with a with, with somewhat newish character, um, Lucas's sister. What was her name? Erica. Erica. You yeah. can't smell. You can't spell America without Erica. <laughs> is that said? <laughs> That's what she said. Oh wow. She says yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, well, I love when they're escaping uh, and they're just talking about like, yeah, we just got to get out of here and. She's like talking about going back and saving them, and it's like, how would we save like all 
all of them with like a cattle prod and there's like a whole army of them then like lo and behold they like bust through like using that acid or whatever like shock them and like get them out of there i thought that that was like just such an awesome payoff that i didn't see coming at all Mm -hmm. i thought they would just leave them down there it's really good stuff yeah yeah um Anyway, yeah, we're kind of jumping around a little bit with the plot. Uh, I want to go back to uh, Nancy Drew, and I'm just I, it's so much easier to call her Nancy Drew now uh, after all the Gary Busey uh, <laughs> insults. But uh, when her and Jonathan are in the hospital, that was that was also I think a, like a peak of the season for me as well when they start like yep. fighting some of these mind control humans for the first time. And you know what's mm-hmm. really weird about this too is the fact that they've had these encounters and they've had to have these fights with all these monsters so far, but this was the first time that they had to fight somebody that was still like in human form. So like the mind flayer has taken over uh it was the head of the newspaper and then the Gary Busey character. And so Nancy and Jonathan are having to fight them and they ultimately end up like killing them in a pretty brutal and violent way <laughs> which yeah. I, I feel like that just changes you as it's from then on out you're like never the same um, and it, I don't know if that was like a dre- to me I almost wanted to, to see that addressed a little bit more of like shit like we killed a guy <laughs> you know like both of them why aren't you, why aren't you more traumatized <laughs> what's um, wrong with you yeah because like that was never uh that was never really addressed by them or later on and um it reminded me of anchorman because like you know again i'm jumping ahead when they all end up reuniting at the end and they're like yeah we did this we did that and i was almost expecting like a mike killed a guy with a like a pitchfork <laughs> with a trident i almost said pitchfork but uh i expected like that type of thing because it's like well like they should be way more freaked out they committed murder yeah yeah well <laughs> well yeah that was sort probably a pretty easy though. murder for them though those two guys were huge pricks like yeah. they were trying yeah. to save billy for a long time because he's the brother you know he's also a bully yeah but like you know in the end it's max's brother they they tried to save him the entire season right even though he was like the main baddie yeah and speaking of him let's I know we briefly talked about the sauna test, but let's go back to that final, like, part of episode four because that was pretty darn cool. Oh, that was amazing. Um, you know, the fight with Eleven, I guess you're referencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have something in my... I think you guys are going to like uh, my joke for this, but um, that I, I call that whole scene where they're plotting and making this plan uh, their, their own little Ocean's Eleven. Eleven. If you, yeah, that's that's that was good. It. That was good. <laughs> they should name a scoops ahoy dish after her. They should call it Ocean's Eleven. That's perfect. That With Eggo waffles. <laughs> Come on, boom, boom. Baskin Robbins, where you at? <laughs> Make it that's our next sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating ice cream every episode. That that's I'll that do that. Work. I'll well, do you, it. I'll that volunteer. doesn't work for Broden and me. But you you could have a <laughs> a, a nice Baskin Robbins ginger root beer Zevia float. You could. Zivia, now Zivia. that would be delicious. Zevia. Zevia. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Tomato yeah, they animal. settled that <laughs> argument for us. <laughs> yeah, that argument's been settled. <laughs> <laughs> that that USS butterscotch has sailed. <laughs> Um, I think uh, 
around episode four is where it kind of peaked for me a little bit and then it kind of um like plateaued a little bit and then you know from six seven and eight just kind of like escalated massively in terms of just like action and drama and like how into it i am um I think because around like five and six is where you spend a lot of time with Hopper and Joyce meeting up with Murray and that whole thing where they're just like on the road and, and running back and forth. Not that it was bad or anything, but I think it kind of like slowed the pace maybe a little bit, um, which we haven't really talked about the Russian Terminator uh, at all <laughs> as well. Uh, That's a good point because I said to yeah. my wife while we were watching this, I was like, when they inevitably like decide to reboot Terminator from the beginning, he has to be he has to be Arnold Schwarzenegger's, you know, original Terminator. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's like it I looks like if Van Damme and Schwarzenegger had a baby. Like that's <laughs> that's exactly what he looks like. Yeah. Uh, apparently, his name in the show was Grigori. I don't know if it was ever said or not, but um, yeah, Rasputin. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. It was really on the nose of like how much they were. Uh, referencing terminator for him even the music the background music that would play like every scene that he was in but it, it was done in such a class every like when we'll get in I, that's one of the things i want to get into after we kind of just talk about the plot but uh every reference that they made was uh was done in a really classy way i feel like um yeah absolutely but um yeah it was just every time he got in a fight with hopper it was just like he just kept coming it's like no stopping him just kind of threw him around beat the shit out of him <laughs> He really did. Um, but yeah, just uh, for the sake of, of time here and everything too, so we can kind of talk about the, the second half um, and and just kind of like wrap up the general plot overview. We get the huge uh, fight of the Mind Flayer is like full formed now. He's like absorbed, I don't know how many people out of the town. He's this really fleshy blob-like thing. Um, and then you get this awesome fight at... at uh, uh, at their cabin uh they attacked that which i thought that, that was a really intense like battle scene that was really cool uh yep. will you know contributes a lot to this he uh he gets um goosebumps on his neck to let them know that this massive thing is standing over top of their house as if they didn't know <laughs> <laughs> um but of course 11 basically gets to do all the ass kicking as usual uh, so, so why they let her be in godzilla too Right, uh, that changes uh, in a, in, a, in an episode or two though uh, coming up because um, she gets the bite and then and this will be a lot of discussion for something else I want to talk about too is you know the future of Stranger Things and beyond this but um, she gets the bite and I guess maybe we're led to believe that maybe this affected her powers something's affecting her powers but um, that was really cool that was really gross um, I knew when that thing like let go of her legs something wasn't right. And yeah. sure, lo and behold, yeah. like the little piece of that monster was left in her. So and the title didn't really hurt. <laughs> called as the, far as the bite. It out yeah, too. episode seven. <laughs> the bite. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then this is where we see everybody converge back together. Uh, they make a plan and commence the plan, and then they have the Battle of Starcourt. Um, what a great have, title! It, it was a great yeah. title. You have Hopper going down into the dungeons. You have uh, two or three of them going out off to the big radio station, and then the rest of them holding it down. Uh, or actually, they were going to actually try to drive away, but then Billy shows up and like stops them from leaving. 
uh, having, and that was also one of my uh, favorite Steve moments, probably from the whole series, is whenever they're just about to get rammed by Billy, and then out of nowhere, uh, Steve pulls the T-bone maneuver and just oh, like, yeah. blasts Billy all the way, which I thought was awesome, just because for a lot of different reasons, but one of them being that he's always gotten his ass kicked by this character, mm. so it's finally, <laughs> it was cool to see him get like one up him uh, one last time. That was great. Yeah, I remember like watching. I was like, "Oh, what, what, what? You're like, this isn't working. What?" And then there's wow, <laughs> you really didn't see it coming. Like you knew he was going to show up eventually, but like having that as the pivotal moment was that was pretty genius. Yep. Um, but of course, I think we get one of the best. I think this is the best finale of all three. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, jump the gun there. I think it's one of the the best finale of the of the the series so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got the huge battle, and um, we are set up for def- definitely at least another season of Stranger Things. So um, now let's go ahead and let's let's talk just about maybe our favorite characters and moments a little bit. I know we've talked, we've discussed this a little bit so far, but um, who wants to go first? What's like who's got something that they're just like chomping at the bit to be like, man, this this part was really freaking amazing. Um. This is more of like a general theme, but the mind flare this time around just seemed, you know, having having it end up being a, like a large, like monster that they have to fight. Um, yeah, was so much more like I appreciated that so much more than just some weird nebulous thing in the background. Kind of thing. Yeah, yep. um, and having that that character progression in the the nemesis uh, is pretty amazing. Yeah, one thing that. Um maybe i was just slowing to pick up on but i or maybe you guys can help me with this but um i think rewatching episode one it seems like when the russians fired up the the portal in the first episode that was him being let out or was he already out but them opening him up them, it up a little bit just gave him enough power so, to be able to conjure all those things is it the latter yeah, or was he was already out or he came out when yeah, they the opened it up? so he was already out and that them opening it up was able to just make it, let him become more powerful. That was like, the way I took it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. I think okay. so too. But but then it's like, well, them closing the gate made it killed it. Well, there were a couple different things because I took the very beginning, the opening of season three. They were still in Russia and they were trying to open the gate, and then when it didn't work, they decided to go to Hawkins because there was a year that passed between that first opening and then uh, the beginning of the actual season three. Um, so then I thought when they opened it the second time, that was when he, you know, it had something to do kind of like with where they were, you know, because the gate had been open there before, you know, and then he was able to really, you know, whether he, that piece of him was trapped in our world, but ultimately useless to him until they opened the gate. Like, I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but that was that was how I took it. It it almost felt like timeline wise, uh, the gate in Hawkins and the gate in Russia were kind of opened at the same time initially, and then a year passed, and then they and then now we're on ST three, and this the gate gets open in Hawkins a second time. Is that kind of like sort of? Am I following that right? That's kind of the way I took it. Yeah. Yeah, they were going in tandem. Uh, the Russians and Americans, for sure. Interesting. One of my uh, favorite things, if we're still doing that bit, 
Absolutely. was the whole what they're calling the scoops troop. <laughs> Anytime they were on screen, like I was all in. So that was like, your I, favorite dude, group. Same. Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. That I I think that they had like they had the perfect mix of like this is the Russians, but also this has to do with the the gate. Mm-hmm. They were the first to find out that the gate was open again, right? I think so. Yeah, because yeah. they, had they that. were. Dustin sees it. Yeah, I think that's. And they were also the first to find out about the Russians. They were yes. like, they were like at the forefront. You know, everyone else was kind of like falling in their footsteps. You know, Eleven and Mike's crew had no idea about the Russians until the very, very end. And Hopper and uh, Joyce were had, only knew about the Russians and didn't know about the gate till the very, very end. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the Scoops troop was like really leading the charge yeah and i think that was that was an interesting um deviation from the first season because the core group the group you care the most about was uh mike dustin and um now you just said his name and i'm blanking um but the main four kids like those are the ones you cared about and now it you know, in season three, like now that shifted, you know, where you care what they're up to, but they didn't, they weren't given a ton to do in this season. And it, a lot of that fell to Dustin and, and the, the Scoops troop. Which they always say never split the party, but they yep. split the party and it kind of worked out. For them, but yeah, no one, <laughs> I, what about you guys? Did you care that, you know, Mike and the, the other three guys, like they weren't, they didn't have a ton to do this season. They were just kind of along for the ride. They're having girl girl problems. Yeah, man. They were just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like that. They, they we like they yeah. just kind of got to try to be normal kids for yeah. a little bit, and yeah. we got to live with them like it's that, which was I, I liked. It shifts your focus from like previous seasons and stuff like that too, like being able to like shift between microcosms of this entire universe they've created is uh is kind of nice yeah and talking about favorite characters uh i i really liked i mean i really liked a couple of them i really liked robin i thought erica was great and this i mean i'm staying within the scoops troop right now i guess but uh but i loved dustin in this season yeah i thought that his story was so good like everything culminating with him having to sing that song with his girlfriend oh, that you finally <laughs> find out about that was so funny yeah and i, I looked it up because i didn't recognize the song i don't know predictable too i thought never ending story yeah it was never ending story which i love that I, movie yeah, i just haven't seen it in a long time <laughs> so good i'm with you sam yeah that's a big part of my childhood yeah <laughs> a couple of dvd on and never ending story guys over here yeah <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It's just it one of those a, movies. I'm happy it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll even um, say that the Neverending Story is a much bigger part of my childhood than something like The Goonies, and I love The Goonies too. But. Yeah. Uh, weirdly enough, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> like it's a long path to leave. Like, we want to go down that to figure out why, but yeah, I've, I've seen Neverending Story way more than Goonies, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it more. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I guess let me drop. I think my favorite, um, I guess, aspect of the season was kind of the uh, 
just the the Hopper and Joyce relationship. I thought that that was just so well done. I think that Hopper and Joyce are the new Jim and Pam uh, of this generation. <laughs> They've got the whole like, will they, want they? Like they're kind of like taking their time before they're like full on let them like be together. So the like when it ultimately happens, and I think that it will, uh, even though we you know the events that happen yeah, at the end say, of the like, season. Long run for the Jim and Pam <laughs> <laughs> Stranger Things. <laughs> hey man, well we can talk this later, but I think Hopper. I think Hopper's coming back. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, which is what you're alluding to, Kelsey. But um, I just I loved how uh, they really showed the effect that Bob had on Joyce and like the like emotional impact it had on her of him getting killed like last season and she's still dealing with that there was that Mm -hmm. really sad scene where she had turned hopper down for a date um and she stayed at home alone she's like yeah i had plans but really she's just she's eating at home alone like a tv dinner watching cheers or something of that Mm -hmm. nature one of those shows and then she has this flashback of sitting on the couch with bob and you realize like oh shit like she's just not ready to move on and it's it's kind of funny too because bob is like the polar opposite of Hop- Hopper, where he's just like this ultra positive guy, just this like big <laughs> like baby, you know, like he's just like really lovable, and it's just like oh shit, like I don't know, it just made so much sense. Like you could see why she's not ready for Hopper, even though you're like, dang, they would make a great couple. Like just please get together. I don't know, I just that is like a, a great dynamic they have built uh, over the series, and I'm like so excited to see where that goes. So that was one yeah. of my favorite things. Other than Billy, too. I think Billy was an amazing an- an- uh, antagonist. I don't even know why I'm saying antagonist. He was a massive heel. Uh, I like to use wrestling terms when I describe <laughs> uh, characters on movies or TV shows. Ross, uh, heel is a bad guy. Babyface is a good guy. So you'll, you'll probably hear those words. But he's like a... What's like, what's, what happens when it's a heel that you actually care about? Is that like a babyface heel? That's, or that's called good storytelling. That's what it is, <laughs> my brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i love billy so much this season and it just got better and better and deeper and deeper and like, like when you get to see the flashbacks with 11 i'm like yes they're actually like building up his backstory and like it's really heart-wrenching watching him on the beach with his mom and like knowing that he just he's ultimately just a guy that misses his mom you know and he got abused by his dad and that's what's made him the way that he is but there's still like love in his heart um, and, you, and you almost get this like Batman versus Superman Martha moment uh, in his finale where, you know, that's the thing that like uh, knocks him out of it, of the like mind control was, was 11 mentioning his mom. Uh, and he, and he, I love that he, he himself was able to fight the mind flayer back, just like being strong enough, like strong willed enough that way. And he gets to have like yeah. ultimately this big baby face turn right at the end, this hero moment. Oh, it was just awesome. Like it was such a good yeah. finale. That was Such pretty a good character. Yeah, and I like the visual representation of like, you know, like where the the mind player is controlling him or whatever as that, that giant storm like next to the beach, and then outside of that is his oh, happy yeah. place, which the, like she taps into, <laughs> and that's like the only spot left that is like human in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it's pretty neat. Pretty neat. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great uh, representation of that. I agree. That was so so cool. It almost kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah. Like yeah how, that's a good how it would One go into, movies. you know, like their memories like that. And just it was like so abstract. It was really cool. Yep. Um, 
another little uh, small scene that I really loved was Karen Wheeler eavesdropping on Mike um, when Eleven calls and he's like lying to her about Nana and she's like something's wrong with Nana it was just like <laughs> get off the phone mom it was just like that whole throwback to whenever you know you had to use a landline phone and somebody could just be picking up on the other end like listening to what you're saying the, the pains like, of those days it's like safe to say that this this season has the most like straight up references compared to the, the last two yeah definitely yeah yeah they dialed them up for sure. I mean, I guess that's a good segue. Unless you guys want to talk, and then I'm sure we, we've got even more room for this anyway. But um, are you guys ready to just talk about all the films, uh, '80s culture that was referenced in this movie? Because I've yeah, got like, a, a list here, <laughs> a big list. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys mind if I go over mine, or would, would somebody else like to start here? I only have, a list. I only have yeah. one, but you go ahead, and I'm sure you'll probably tick it off. Okay, well, a lot of these two aren't just things that I noticed. I had to do a little bit of cheating and look, you know, look around on the IGN and Screen Rant is where I got some of mine for. Obviously, I think the most obvious one. How many more times can I say obvious in the sentence? Uh, is the Terminator? That's the one that I picked up on hardcore. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. With the Russian and the music and <laughs> the whole haircut and literally everything about him. Um, this one's not really 80s. <laughs> oh, <whoa it's>, there. <laughs> this one's like early, like early 90s movie reference. But Jurassic Park uh, was a huge uh, thing. I think they referenced a when the Mind Flayer was chasing them, and then B um, mm-hmm. that whole like raptor esque scene when they're like hiding behind cabinets and stuff. With when they're like his tentacles are like seeking them out. It was just like the raptors oh, when, they're, yeah. when they're in the in gap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that was nicely done. I didn't pick up on that at all. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like, and again, when they're getting chased and they're in the car, it's just like the T-Rex scene when they're in the Jeep. Uh, must go faster. Um, <laughs> the Thing and the Blob, I think the Thing was referenced in the movie, but... Um, well, uh, just the general aspect the, of like yeah, how the, the thing works. The flare, yeah, it was very Blob. It was like, basically, if you mix the Thing and the Blob, you had the mind flayer essentially yeah absolutely um red dawn obviously a huge influence with the russian takeover star wars is more directly referenced i think a few times um there you know there's when dustin and steve meet and they're like handshake was the star wars like lightsaber thing um (laughs) one of the funniest (laughs) things in the episode one to me was when Dustin gets back in town and nobody's answering his radio and he's just like god damn it this is <laughs> Dustin the goddamn gold leader <laughs> and like, nobody's freaking out he's like freaking out oh man that was just his mom his mom's like calm down honey <laughs> um so we've got uh Steven Robbins relationship was very breakfast club uh if, you, if I don't know if you guys have watched that movie before but just the way that it was like very high school political type of like oh I'm, I'm this type of yeah. person in high school you yeah, know you, you that get was, that whole reference and the, and the scene in the bathroom too like felt feet up on the wall it felt very breakfast club yeah for yeah. sure mm-hmm. um the mind flayer cabin attack was very evil dead inspired uh which I thought was a good pull uh yeah. just yeah. like those movies uh, when they're getting attacked uh <laughs> Hopper gets literally gets called Fat Rambo, which I think was a great <laughs> description for him. Uh, which pause for a second. That that brings us to Alexi, a guy that we haven't really talked about a lot. Who 
uh, turned out to be a really awesome character. He was great. Poor, poor Lexi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that was a that was a pulled on your heartstrings. The way that he died really, was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. You knew though, like he had just won yeah, that you game. Yeah, the coming. <laughs> oh, it was me, but just I get. I mean, again, credit to the writers and directors. Um, which was like the Duffer Brothers, I think, directed mm-hmm. and wrote most of these. Did you see mm-hmm. that? Um, but yeah, to build up a character enough to whenever he, he gets killed like that you're like oh god like, that's always good and, um, a, and like a villain no less you know he started out like right yeah yeah um you have the never end story that was you know directly referenced with the song at the end back to the future they watched that in the theater uh die hard die hard was uh, a big reference as well with the you know the vents <laughs> climbing through there there was a lot of time spent in a couple of episodes going through vents <laughs> a lot of vintage <laughs> a lot of vintage <laughs> not a stickler for a nah, never mind. Um, <laughs> that doesn't work at all i was gonna do the not a tickler for, not a stickler for a tickler where family guys make fun of seinfeld <laughs> it's like that reference goes like three layers deep and doesn't even work uh <laughs> The Griswold family was a code name for them at the end, like in the last episode of reference to National Lampoon's Vacation. And then the last one I have is my is kind of my pool. I don't know if this I'll let you guys decide if uh, if you think this is fair or not, but I think that they referenced uh, Ghostbusters two, especially with the Your Love song, which is a song they use at the end of Ghostbusters two to power the Statue of Liberty to fight the thing at the end. Um, and they're kind of doing a very similar thing, which they're going to like use the radio station and like your love is taking me higher. It's playing in the background. I don't know. Maybe that's that cool. one's a little uh, loose. No, but. that's this is a pretty deep cut. I did not pick <laughs> up on that. Well, I I, 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 I love Ghostbusters you. too. It's like one of those like dark horse movies that like I don't people don't like as much for some reason, but I think it's a great movie. Anyway, what you got, Ross? Uh, what did I miss? Well, you missed a, a super obvious one, which was Back to the Future. What? No, I said that. You did? Yeah. Oh, I must have zoned out. <laughs> but what else I, you got, Ross? Okay, okay. I do, have, I do have one that you didn't mention. And to be fair, I did not find this. Um, I, I saw it on Twitter. But uh, when... when uh, what's the teacher's name? Mr. Clark, right? When yeah. he shows his like little model of the town, there is a, a Beetlejuice grave. Oh, Stone. that's really cool. Yeah, I did not that. see that. It's like probably real that's quick. Awesome. But uh damn, that's really cool. And and he was he was kind of like I loved his like, you know, his explanation. He's just like super stoked to show Joyce and he kind of had like not quite like a mad scientist like he almost had like a doc kind of uh like mm-hmm like garage going on you know he's just like in there doing doing his thing yet another back to the future reference with that as well yeah was was he Doc painting Brown. D&D characters when she like first like meets up with him I think so yeah I thought I'm pretty sure so. he was he was painting some figurines gotta be D&D yeah which is pretty cool yeah do you have any more references Ross uh oops uh I, I love the Fast Times at Richmond High uh, cut out at the end. That was pretty great. When, and when when Steve Harrington is just like totally super normie, you know, they're like, what's your favorite movie? He's like, uh, 
Star oh, Wars yeah. for sure. Uh, Back to the Future, like he had just seen Back to the Future, had no idea what it was. He's like, yeah, I don't know that one. Weird, like, having sex with his mom kind of thing too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like all he picked up. Is that it? Did we hit the whole spectrum of uh, 80s film reference? Do you guys got anything that we might have missed? I've got one more, and this is really subtle too um so and i didn't pick up on this one i have to credit my uh my friend zach for being a bigger uh halloween fan than i am but when they were in the hospital i noticed the logo for uh like hawkins memorial hospital and i was like oh that looks really familiar but i can't place it and i was like all right cool logo anyway and so the next day zach posts and uh texted me about how it's the same logo from halloween 2 Oh, wow. The old John Carpenter, so it would be Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. And so, same thing, and I was just kind of blown away by that. So, not even not even a Halloween reference, a Halloween 2 reference? A Halloween 2 reference. Is that one still the Michael Myers one, or is that the Season the Witch thing? No, that's 3. Yeah, that's the one that no one knows much about. Gotcha. I've never seen it myself, but I thought that was a, that was a cool takeaway. Very nice. Awesome. Well, I, I think we've pretty much covered everything there. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, the future of, of Stranger Things and where, where we think this is going to go. Um, so obviously there's definitely going to be a season four, right? It's more obvious than ever now than the first two seasons. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's got to be. Um, so we get the post-credit scene. Uh, let's, let's talk about this and what you guys uh, interpret uh, might have happened here. So it cuts to Russia. Did, did it give us a time of how long after this was? Three months. Three months? Three months after. Um, so he, so presumably he like, they, they took them three minute, three months to like open it back up over in Russia then? I guess. And of course, I, I guess we should set it up as well. I mean, so the ending two hats we saw hopper hopper trapped but, but like the rays or electricity was going off and he couldn't escape from the gate closing so this massive like indiana jones style oh i missed a reference there was indiana jones was referenced in this um, yes. <laughs> from the way that they were tied up uh by the russians like back to back like yeah that. yeah um anyway um so, so yeah he's like he's he's barred in by these like a like like all these bolts of electricity and they close the gate and we don't get to see what happens to him so either he exploded and turned into mush like the other guys or he's just disappeared or sucked into the upside down which is personally my theory um but anyway i guess so sam you say it's three months later cuts to russia in the post credits and the first thing that they say in russian is like not the American when they're trying to like get a prisoner out to feed this demodog basically. So that's yeah. the like big like, oh, who's that American? One thing that yeah. I thought though is like we didn't see any Russians get captured at the end when like US forces stormed the dungeon that they had down there. Yeah, everybody I, was ghosted out. No, everyone, everyone was gone. I think most of them were dead too though. Were they? Ex- yeah, I, I don't know. It was like a lot of them <laughs> were just obliterated. Out yeah, there. but I'm almost wondering. But yeah, like, that was a little confusing. What if there was another exit? And I mean, 
Do you think they would have been so stupid as to not make another exit out of that place? Like, just have that one, yeah, like, couple-mile-long I mean, tunnel? I don't know. I think it's a possibility. Maybe they maybe they snagged him real quick. Side note, too, something we didn't mention. How awesome was Grigori, the Terminator's death, into that thing? That's oh, awesome. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I actually kind of thought about that, too, of, like, what, like, we didn't see one shootout or, like, gunfight between, like, these American forces and the Russians there. It's like, did they all just blow up or, like, what just happened here? Mm-hmm. No, you know? I think they evacuated. Ross, you had a pretty interesting theory about some time travel. Care to enlighten us with that? Yeah. I I think, like, obviously a, a lot of screen time was given to Back to the Future. You know? It was a huge plot point. They even go through the trouble of, like, explaining why it's called back to the future uh through robin when they're all drugged up um and then i i kind of noticed like when hopper's note was getting read at the end he's i can't remember exactly what what it said but he said something about like going back in time or going into the past or something like that and that kind of got me thinking like hmm that's kind of interesting that they would spend so much time on Back to the Future and then mention it at this pivotal moment. But then I saw three months later, we see presumably Hopper, and I thought, well, I don't know if this whole thing, uh, if the whole time travel theory would make sense. But then I remembered like how big of a deal they made of explaining why it's called Back to the Future. They have to go back in time to go back to the future. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a. I like that theory. I I never even considered that. And and, and that I, makes I, a lot I guess of sense really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it would be like would would that mean that Hopper went into the upside down? and like somehow also maybe went back in time and did something but then got caught i don't know i don't know what all this means but it seems like a logical next step for them to anyway yeah um, think of parallel universes so, and like time is relative and all the theoretical yeah, physics yeah. and stuff like they so can easily like, do it i'm glad you brought that up though because um that's a lot of really good points and i mean <laughs> the back to the future references i was like even while watching i was kind of like yeah i get why it's called back to the future like this isn't that funny why are they like talking about this so much but that makes a lot of sense as like kind of an introduction to like hint hint like this is where we're going that's really smart if that's what they're doing slapping you in the face of the dead fish (laughs) yeah i don't know how i I didn't pick up on that but that's that's really really... like heavy-handed like you're saying but i totally missed it but yeah, I, I think that is really, uh, that's a good call on where they might go in with this. And yeah. I think we should probably mention too, we kind of um, glossed over just uh, the ending a little bit, but man, how great was that that scene when she read the note mm-hmm. from Hopper? It was so good. Yeah. 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 The tearjerker just moment. Such a great ending, like going on with that. And just, uh, you know, I got to give uh, 
Joyce Byers credit to finally moving the fuck out of yeah, that town. No. Like, <laughs> I love that they like even the middle of the season. She's like, "Yeah, we're moving." I was like, "Fine, like, ah, thank so, you." Yeah, thank. If someone has enough sense to get like, out of there, just leave. And then Hopper like keeps um, you there. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess Hopper and See, no, it'll be it'll be great. Out. We'll <laughs> it'll be great. We'll fight all these demons together. <laughs> like it'll be fine. <laughs> Well, I do love that's very admirable of him, though. I mean, Fat Rambo to be like, yo, I want you to feel safe. Like, I'm doing all that I can. This can still be your home. Like, I, that was like very sweet notion. Oh, too, yeah. Though. Like, that was a, like an awesome scene. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it just makes so much sense. It's like if, I, if you went through all these traumatic experiences uh, with your son like that and like what he had to go through, obviously you would want to get the hell out yeah, of there. Yeah, get a I fresh start. Do something different. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when he's like still very affected by this thing with like the neck stuff and he like he freaked out and like smashed all of his all of his stuff. Like he Will is not doing okay. No. You know, Which, like he needs to get out of there so he can have a normal life when he's like forty. I, I have to give them credit too, because I was worried there for a minute that something might happen to Will uh, when he was smashing all that stuff in the rain and like all the shits like starting to go down, I was like, oh man! But like, thank God that like he wasn't the main one like in the most danger again this season. Or like something crazy didn't happen to him because that would have been just annoying to me at that point. Since we had two seasons yeah. where he was basically just <laughs> How like, did he wrecked. Had enough? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That that was basically me. If something would have happened to him this season. <laughs> What, one thing I'm curious about too is like when Will in season one was in the Upside Down, it was like he was like he couldn't move. You know what I mean? He couldn't talk to anyone. He was like zonked out. But then cut to Billy, and he can like go about his daily routines like a superhuman. Well, no, well you're mixing that up a little bit because, and did you say season one or season two? I'm sorry, season one. So in season one, they couldn't find him at all because he was like literally inside the Upside Down, right? Yeah. Because he was like inside there. Season yeah. two was where he was actually like right. flayed. But he he was able to do things. It wasn't until he like started fighting where he ended up in the hospital and everything. Right. Okay. So I guess still what I'm saying though is like, I guess did, did Billy get pulled in to the Upside Down and then just like spit right back out? It's, he's good to go. It, se- yeah. it seemed like they kind of went to the upside down, but not really. Yeah, I think he and he may have even did something a little bit different with Billy as well. Because I mean, he was treated differently than all the other like people that mm. he flayed as well. So that I mean, that was a little muddy. Mm. I think they kind of just used him in the way that fit the plot just a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and him, I wonder too okay with. if like this monster is just he's like oh shit that first time that i tried to do this didn't really work out too well so let me try a different method now (laughs) i need somebody it's already a little dark and strong yeah maybe instead of instead of trying to like weaponize an 11 year old boy i'll go for someone that's like gone through puberty and like goes to the gym (laughs) and that's like a dark and stormy and somebody that listens to a lot of fucking metallica (laughs) uh which i love the metallica killing wall uh, poster in his in his room, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that actually reminds me of one of my favorite Billy scenes ever from season two, where he is like he's doing bicep curls and he's like got oh, a yeah, cigarette in his mouth. And he's listening to Four Horsemen, like just like 
pumping it out. Right. That was oh my yeah. gosh, that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> um, I this is like a kind of a weird note too, but I I love that they're still like showing them smoking and stuff too because it's like. Yeah, I almost expect like, oh, it's a Netflix TV show. They're just gonna censor out smoking because they don't want kids to smoke and everything. But I, I like that it's still true to like that era that like, where like everybody smoked. Yeah, you know what I mean, no compromise. I'm not saying that you should smoke. All the kids out there, don't smoke. Don't <laughs> vape. Drink, don't, drink a Zevia instead. Don't get those special Stranger Thing e juice. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't don't <laughs> don't do that. Um, anyway, I'm just saying it's immersive. I'm glad that they like Well, this. you know what? They they caught some fire though. And uh, Netflix, I think is I think they backed down a little bit. I think they 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 might be like cutting it in future shows. I don't know. They 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 caught a lot of public flack on it and I think that Netflix released some sort of statement that was like Sorry, we'll do it less. Less. I thought you, I couldn't tell if you were setting me up for like a, a hardcore joke there for the longest <laughs> time. So you're being serious, right? No, I'm I'm being serious. See, I wish so much I bullshit, wish I was setting man. you up for a joke. I just like kids don't smoke. It's the it was the '80s. Everybody smoked. Just Maybe just like that. throw a cert like they like I don't know if you guys saw it, but up in the top corner of the screen when the episode would start, be like you know, there's like some some like flashing Strobe and strobing effects, and yeah. stuff like that. Maybe they just got to throw a Surgeon General's warning up there too. <laughs> just like a picture of a like a lungs that have like from a smoker. <laughs> like, also, don't smoke. I mean, it's also too. It's like did A and E get flack whenever they had Mad Men smoking like eighty cigarettes every episode? You know, imagine that show if they weren't able to show that. That's true. I don't know. Yeah, that wouldn't work. It's just. I don't even know why I got on this topic, but I just appreciated that that they did it because yeah. I love the Hopper's like laying in bed, like the ash is like literally going onto his face when he's like reciting what he's going to say to Eleven and Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just like always got a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> it it kind of like gives those scenes a sense of urgency, you know? Yeah, it's like you it's not weird, only do you need ass. a cigarette, but you don't even have time to like enjoy that cigarette. You just right. you just need that little bit of boost, and it also it's the eighties and everything's fine. <laughs> Also, can uh, can we get a hopper array so they don't have to live in like a shack? Oh, I guess they won't be living in a shack anymore since, well, uh, he doesn't. He's dead, I guess. And uh, <laughs> we're in a he's, he's much 11. worse off. Eleven's <laughs> Eleven's with a new family, but I get my point. I was getting at is like it was just kind of weird. It's like why does he live in such a shack? Was that ever explained in the other season? Well, in the first what, season, because he was being off grid to like mm-hmm. help L, right? Yeah, but in the first season, he had sense. a different place. Like he yeah. had like a like a, a mobile home, yeah, on the edge of a pond yeah. or something, yeah. <laughs> Man, I really just want to go back and just like binge watch the first two seasons now too. It's same, yeah. such a great rewatch. Well, especially now, like they're just, just building all those threads. They're taking a page out of the Marvels book. So, wow. are we gonna get to the airing of grievances here or what? Because I mean, I'm ready. Oh, to... I'm so sorry. Oh, Josh is yeah. Only got the mouth. Let's... He's got some. Hard grievances. <laughs> One last okay. thing, real quick, before we get to the airing grievances. I mentioned this in our in our plot breakdown or whatever, but why it, why do you guys think that Eleven's powers have left? Is it because of the bite from the Mind Flayer? Is mm-hmm. it a Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire, ew, I don't want to be Spider-Man anymore type of thing? Or is it just like something legitimately happening to her? 
I'm worried it's the Toby McGuire thing. But I feel like it's I, th- I think she wants her powers though. Yeah. <laughs> like she's trying, you know, like it's gotta have be something with the bite. My my thought was like like power overload, like burnout, like you know, she yeah, just they because yeah, they referenced her. Yeah, they referenced yeah, her Mike pushing herself a lot, uh, especially toward the ends of the season. I'm wondering if it's just one of those things where it's going to take her a while to recharge and uh, get some of that back. But one one thing I thought was was quite comical, especially so she's like always had that telekinesis thing going on, um, and then with her finding Billy in the Upside Down and you know experiencing some of his memories, like she's gone full Jean Grey, like by this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I think it is kind of interesting that they did that, but I think it's got to be handled well. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in the following seasons. Yep. Airing your grievances, Josh. You apparently hated this season. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's hear what you have to say here. No, I'm sure that we all had like our little things, and this is mine. And it's an it's a grievance in that it's not necessarily a bad thing that they did this, but they. So in season two, they introduce other numbers. So um, what was number? I think it was number seven that she ran into. Yes, that was a huge part of the story. Right in season two, and I thought it was a weaker part of season two. So I'm not sad that it wasn't in in season three. And I think that because it wasn't in here, they, you know, they definitely streamlined it in a way that made it more engaging and everything. But like those characters just like dropped off you know like you have no idea where they went they did not advance um any of 11's origins or expanding any of that and also i believe in season two they referenced that brenner was still alive um and of -hmm. course they didn't address that at all either so i find while all that may come into play in season four i'm a little bit like frustrated that they didn't at least make some sort of reference to that yeah you know, so to kind of just remember. I was gonna ask you is like, do you think they're gonna bring them back? Like they're just like putting that in their pocket for later. But you mentioned they might do it in season four. Well, I mean, if her powers are all burned theories. out, like he might be the one who. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's how she gets him back by finding mm-hmm. him. That could be interesting. It did sure. kind of feel a little bit at times like season two never happened. Yeah, a me. little bit. Like there's you know you got max and billy and those are like kind of the two things that you had from season two that were that that existed yeah that's what and that's another reason i like that they reference bob uh and everything that happened with him yeah which how traumatic must that have been for winona ryder joyce to go uh like back winona ryder (laughs) (laughs) to go to go back to like that lab where she saw her like her true love die like in this really tragic way and Hopper's just like come on Joyce like <laughs> get out of your own head they're, they're, they're like in the in the middle of the night it's like creepy as shit and he's just like <laughs> he's like come on like this is fine like get over it which kind of kind of I think my major grievance was just like the general just total lack of any kind of precaution that anyone had in the in the very middle or the very beginning rather of this season specifically 
Like, it's like dusk, and these kids are like running around in the woods, like a couple miles from where they all almost died a year ago. And their parents are like, I don't know where they are, whatever. <laughs> that was a funny part, though. You know, it's like I'm trying to get on this bear ride, but I don't care about my kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, for me, my only grievance was that it took two years for this to come out. I was just really positive and gleaming when I got to the end of this season. I was like, "Why? Wow, I can't believe I had to wait two years for this." Are there is there any um, rumor of like the speed of the next one? Because it feels like they they've got a lot of momentum behind them. I feel like it might be next year by the time it actually comes out. So. But there, are there any concrete evidence or rumblings of that? I don't know. If, if, it, if they want to stay alive in the streaming game, Netflix will release that as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah. Right. That's my thought. If, if it were me, this is how I would do it. I probably wouldn't go past six seasons. I'd probably do like a six seasons max. Mm. Again, referencing the streaming game, this is their biggest show that you have to have Netflix for. So I say you go bam, bam, a season a year, like two seasons. But then for like the final season, you, you wait like three four years and then everybody's kind of like in a different place like you get them all out of their awkward growing up phase all the kids are kind of like college age and then you kind of and then you get them like they're all off to college but maybe moved away and then maybe they have to come back to hawkins or something that would be nuts and a new life this guy with his long cons that's what i would do (laughs) that would be cool what's that sam that would be yeah yeah i think that's the way you do it like a so like a toy story three kind of situation yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. In terms of, <laughs> in terms of time I'm passing, incredibly familiar with Toy Story. What? I'm just, I'm just trying to bring it back to Disney Plus streaming where they do live action oh, Pixar. Okay. Which totally is not going to happen. I was about, it would I was be hilarious be, if it did. I was like, dude, Woody and Buzz don't age, man. <laughs> <laughs> Toys. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, cool. Uh, any more grievances? Yeah, I've got more because I, I just hated the season, like oh, you said. Oh, wow, okay. Let's Give hear it. Give it to me, Josh. Give it to me. <laughs> so, with all the characters that they introduced in, in this, you know, or, you know, all the existing characters that you needed to catch up with, um, and the way Ross mentioned dividing the parties, I just feel like not everyone had enough to do to make their character either move forward or just, you know, be interesting. And so you had, you know, and I've, I've already said this much about um, Mike, Will, and Lucas. Like, they just, they had girl troubles, and that was pretty much the extent of it. And then they were being caught up in the fact that Eleven was going to do stuff, and they were just essentially tagging along is what it felt like to me. Um, right. And then, of course, like, it just felt like at certain points, like, a couple of groups and different things, like, just they weren't... They weren't really serving the overall yeah. plot in, in ways that felt engaging, I think. Oh, God. You know, like, so yeah, I things were a little yeah. uneven to yeah. me. Yeah, I think Eleven's team felt, like, almost too big because it was, like, some people didn't have, really have anything to do except for to throw fire. Right. Works, which, would, that was a pretty sweet scene. Yeah, see, the, yeah. at that point, they had all kind of come together, and it was oh, more man, fun for me. Good payoff. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to 
interrupt you there, Josh. Oh, no, no, you're good. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, forgot all about the fireworks scene. That was such a great that was finale. Cool. I really like that. Uh, I think my one grievance, though, this as far as this particular thing is, it was just like episode one, two, three. I didn't care as much about certain groups because you know they were trying to get some of that exposition out of the way, but it also wasn't super engaging. I might have a right. anti-grievance for you, Josh. Okay, yeah. Rebuttal. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Like <laughs> rebuttal. There you go. That's the that's the term. <laughs> um, which I I feel what you're saying as far as like the progression of it, but at the end for me it was a big payoff because almost like every episode was a different 80s movie and mm-hmm. then somehow they all like strung them back together into like a, a climax to where like you know all the teams kind of joined up and you know granted eight episodes you can't really get that deep for uh, all these different teams that they've built which were a lot in this in this season um i think like it was it was a grind until the payoff in in my like mm-hmm. my personal experience um which is a great way to sum up everything I said before. It's a little bit yeah, of a grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, but definitely, like I, to me, I, I appreciate that they took like that leap. Um, but I don't think they ever could have pulled off like really meaningful connections in the time frame that they had. It was more about just like hitting all those eighty eighties ref- references and stuff like that. Yeah, and I will say like if you, you know pointed a you know uss butter scotch at my face like and <laughs> made me pick my favorite season like i would be hard i'll pull one at your face Excuse right me. now dude um <laughs> <laughs> whoa whoa um i i would be hard pressed to say like this is like one of the best seasons like i maybe when yeah. we rank it like yeah. it maybe one but definitely two like i loved it more than season two yeah, me for, for sure. sure. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it's like one and so three, well done. and then two, which I get. Isn't that like the natural progression of all these trilogy movies that we see? It's like always love the first one, second one was just like meh, and then the third one's like oh, we brought it back around. That's <laughs> what so happened in Thor for sure. But yeah, for sure. Usually, trilogy with trilogies, I happen to like the second movies the best. Actually, that's true for for the original Star Wars trilogy, except for Twister. Not to bring up Toy Story again. Toy Story. <laughs> this week on the Toy Story podcast, we're talking about Stranger Things and relating it to Toy Story. <laughs> hey Ross, if you haven't seen Toy Story before, you need to to go do that. Yeah, I haven't yet. It's great. Um, but yeah, the. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say too is just anytime that I think it's really hard for a show to have a great uh, season finale and anytime you can pull off a good season finale yeah. I mean more power to you and yeah. this this one was up it there. really was yeah especially I like disjointed it got it was just like it basketed out you know like it spread and then all of a sudden like oh hey here we are <laughs> everybody's together I, everything's yeah. going crazy <laughs> and again just the way that this one ended it, 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 gave, it gave you a satisfying ending while at the same time sets it up and leaves you questioning um, where the hell they're going with this because there's definitely going to be something else but it was enough of an ending to be an ending if that makes mm-hmm. sense it's perfect I thought absolutely and I guess I'll say that this is probably my favorite season even over the first nice. favorite wow Ooh. yeah 
I guess I, I would have to rewatch. Here, yeah, who's <laughs> like where was everybody rank at these seasons? <laughs> As of right now, I would I, I would have to rewatch, but I might agree yeah. with that honestly. Like season one was really good, but this season was really good too, mm-hmm. man. I, I had fun. Exactly, it was a what wild ride. The doctor ordered for Netflix right now. <laughs> How about you, Josh? Where do you rate it? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say whether I feel like season one is so essential that you would need to rank that one. But I thought that as far as like action and pacing and everything, like especially in the second half of the season three, it was hard to beat. It was so good. Yeah, you really you hit my sentiments exactly. Like I. I appreciate one much more than this one, but everything about how they pulled this one off was like so, so amazing. <laughs> like somehow yeah. they, they just kind of pulled a rabbit out of a hat. <laughs> they, it, it worked. It was great. Yeah. So mm. hard to say. It's like one's more heavy, one's more fun. It's apples and oranges. But the fact that they could make another season that was as good as season one without repeating themselves and hitting the same like beat yeah that's notable yeah absolutely all right well i think it's time for that ye old fabled time of the podcast (laughs) a very special 1985 stranger themes themed metal track of the week ross what do you have for us this week (laughs) <laughs> come on I, I, come on. <laughs> I did I did actually look to see which metal tracks were released in 1985 and oh, I did not see that coming I didn't find any that uh, that I was like felt particularly attached to um, of course I'm pulling your chain <laughs> Josh, man, we just, I just feel like we hazed Ross and it was man Ross was legit scared that he missed something that he was supposed to do <laughs> I, the teacher I, I just did, called I did Ross legitimately look at some 1985 metal songs so. nice oh, but I did not come that. prepared Okay. in the spirit of my uh, high school and college career I did not do my homework it was uh <laughs> I, I don't know like I looked up some stuff too and I was genuinely surprised that there weren't more like notice, notable uh, 80s metal albums like you had really great ones in 84 and like really iconic ones in 86 but 85 like there were a few you know dead air <laughs> they're not quite there the hump this is a hump year of the 80s well I mean it was the year I was born so there's that <laughs> hey. okay sorry shouldn't have said that uh anyway <laughs> uh, so Kelsey brought this up and I thought this was a great idea he wanted to do maybe a, another throwback track where we could talk about something cool from the 80s from 85 and um, we started listing out albums and uh, came up with Slayer Kill Again Yeah, yeah. and you know some vague uh, murder and killing you know there uh, this track is a ripper from uh, their second album and um, man so good you guys familiar with it Um, I am now I mean I'm kind of a I love Slayer but usually not the deep tracks just because I haven't really listened to them but yeah I I, I like to imagine that you know this tracks for Billy guys this is we're gonna pour one out for him yeah 
Yeah, you get you gotta imagine that you, he maybe he just got this Slayer album, you know, a couple of weeks before the events of of the season, and I can just see him riding along in his muscle car, getting ready for his uh, lifeguard shift, getting all oiled up, ready to go, blasting some Slayer. <laughs> maybe he never, maybe he never heard this song. Maybe he it's got the second. album. And was like he was like I'm gonna go spend some time with Mrs. Wheeler and come back and like chill out with some Slayer, and he just never made it home. If that's the way you want to remember Billy, man, that's man, that's that's, that's, that's harsh. Harsh. I was gonna say like every time he goes to like take somebody and convert them to the the Mind Flayer or whatever, then like in the back of his head, like that's I the song to he's that playing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this would have come in so handy. <laughs> All right, Josh. So let's get them started with Kill Again by Slayer. Anxiously awaiting next in line. Super 
Thanks for listening to Turbo Sidekicks Online. Please remember to leave us a review and subscribe if you'd like to hear future episodes. And check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Turbo Sidekicks.